Hello and welcome to Oh Brother, What Are We Watching? Two brothers discuss pop culture with a geeky bent. I'm Chris and with me as always is my brother Steve. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You you and the audience missed out on Chris with the giggles. <laughs> Before we started recording, he just couldn't stop laughing. So I'm amazed you've actually managed to stop so we can do this. If uh, We could always do that as like a, a, a special bonus thing. Like you could keep the cut off when you edit it. And, right. Uh, we, like we a, could we could do like a blooper reel like a post-credit um, scene like at the end everybody thinks the podcast is over they're about to go into some other uh much better podcast but no. and and then all of a sudden it's just you like giggling your tits off yeah it's probably not as funny to everyone else as it was to me um probably but, not you know selective editing can make uh anything funny oh yeah okay so so steve so i set you off with the task of watching 21 jump street and you come back to me you've you've watched it i have watched it um so first question on my lips is did you enjoy it uh i did i did um it was good okay you heard it here (laughs) first that is that's all we got time for uh (laughs) okay well uh we'll get we'll get more into that um We'll get more into that in a moment, but let's talk shared memories. So, obviously, we haven't, uh, you know, we haven't got shared memories of this film in particular because I watched it and you hadn't up until this point. Um, but you know, we did uh, when we were growing up. We were actually very privileged that yep. we had uh, Sky Television um, when it uh, it didn't really mean much back then. It didn't. <laughs> there wasn't much going on. Well, well, no, but you're right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. On. No, I was going to say, you're right. We were very, very privileged actually growing up because we had Sky TV and and very few people on, you wouldn't say the block, but on our street didn't have it. And we had on all those these mean channels. On the mean streets. On the mean streets of uh, East Kilbride, respect. Yeah. Shout out to everybody in East Kilbride. Um, so, so not a lot of people had it. We, we had uh, Sky back when, Chris, it was a massive dish in the side of your house and um if the weather got really bad which spoiler alert we lived in scotland it got um, bad it got you got snow on the t on the tv on the on the satellite channels anyway yeah and we had very few satellite channels back then certainly not as many as as today and there wasn't much on there to be honest with you um but i didn't have pickings yes yeah exactly there there was a comedy channel which was garbage there was uh, the children's channel uh then eventually we got nickelodeon um godsend that was called was it multi-channel something like that sky multi-channel was it yeah because it, it was literally just like a, a few extra channels when we first had it like sky one sky sports right. you know pretty much anything that had the prefix sky um and then it, it came out with multi-channel which had nickelodeon and cartoon network um uk gold uk gold yeah stuff like that um so that was like a big deal. I, I remember actually counting down the days till it went live because I couldn't wait to get Nickelodeon. Absolutely. And yeah, they actually had a timer, didn't they? They had like a, a TV channel yeah. with a timer. We were so excited. But um, that was back in the days when uh, Simpsons was big, but nobody watched it. So it uh, it just launched a few years ago and the Bartman, the song was actually in the charts. And I actually remember... This is a this is this is a deep cut here, Chris. We oh, had okay. a shop in East Kilbride next to John Menzies, which for those of you listening is like <laughs> the Scottish W. H. Smith, right? It's yeah, just, that's all it is. It's where you get your bits, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's pens and stuff. 
Iron Brewers to the Pepsi, right? That that was it. Yeah. And next door there was like a Burton or a Top Shop or something like that, and they had like uh, Simpsons clothes that you could buy, mm-hmm. and my mum bought me like a, a Bartman or a Bart Simpson uh, sweatshirt or something like that. Yeah. I'd never seen the show ever, but when we got <laughs> Sky eventually, we we did of course start watching it. We were like one of the only ones. Like, oh my god, you can see the Simpsons! Oh my goodness! And oh yeah, it's so funny. Everybody else was going down and renting videos. Yeah. But there was an advert for this weird TV show, which we never watched because we were too young, starring Johnny Depp, called yeah. 21 Jump Street. And it was on, like I think, every Sunday or something with The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, it was around then. Um, part of a, uh, a cavalcade of pretty poor American television that had uh, <laughs> worked its way over to our shores in, in the form of Sky One. Um, oh, yeah. I think of it more in the vein of shows like... Beverly Hills, 90210, but the original run, uh, and like Melrose Place. Like it wasn't quite as soapy as that, but it was of a qu- it was a similar kind of s- sort of quality and standard. Well, it certainly looked like it, and you know, just <laughs> just like the film, just say the plot out loud, and you think, right, okay, no, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, but it did come from this stable of American shows. I think um, the guy was Stephen J. Cannell who um, came up with a whole raft of shows in the 80s from America, um, and this was one of them. I don't think it only lasted a season, though. I didn't think it lasted long. A classic, like Firefly, you know? One no, and done. not like Firefly. <laughs> cut, cut down in his prime, but much loved by uh, its cult following, I don't doubt. Um, actually, something... <laughs> uh, speaking of our, our, our time with um, Sky Television, something a lot of viewers won't be aware of was that uh, you had a little you had a little business going. Uh, Steve, that's true. I did. Where, where you would, because we had Sky, yeah. Um, and and we were sort of like princes amongst men. Um, that meant that you could watch, uh, like I think it was Spider Man. Spider Man was on Saturday morning. Um, yep. so you, you used to charge people, and you would tape it for them. Um, but you had you you know you had a little a USP, which was I don't just set the timer and tape it for you. I pause it when the adverts come on so you can watch it in one continuous stream. And um, yeah, you made a little bit of cash off that, didn't you? Uh, not much cash. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There was a guy There was a guy at school who really liked Spider-Man. He was, I can't believe you've got access to the new Spider-Man cartoon. And I charged him for it. I took his money. <laughs> I recorded it on, on a VHS and I paused it. I sat there and watched it. Paused it. Unpaused it. So you could get more episodes on a tape. He loved it. I think I charged him a fiver for it or something, which with <laughs> with inflation is probably a standing amount of money uh, for crap. And then I did it again. I did it again for um, when the X-Files went to Sky One um, yeah. from BBC. I think it was about season three, season four. Um, actually, it was, down he- it was down here by then in England. And a, yeah. a best friend was like, oh, yeah. I didn't charge him for it, I don't think, because we were friends. The other guy. And you were a mug. Yeah. The other guy. Fuck that guy. I just took his money. <laughs> fuck that guy i don't even remember his name glad i took his money i actually do remember his name but i'm not going to say it publicly <laughs> <laughs> no that's probably for the best i remember trying once actually i was like i'm, I'm going to record this the steve way i'm going to pause it edit out all the adverts but i just forgot to unpause it after the adverts <laughs> ended so i only ended up with like 10 minutes of a show you idiot it's easy <laughs> i was like well at least i hadn't taken anyone's money to sort of yeah. No, but I did that for own enjoyment as well. So I think we um, Deep Space Nine came on Sky One, and yeah, I yeah, kept yeah. a I kept every not every season. I think it was the first couple, 
Um, but I spent a fortune on three-hour uh, videos, and I wouldn't I wouldn't do the long play because long play would actually reduce the quality, and VHS was pretty shitty anyway. So I wouldn't yeah. actually hit long play. So I could get with the pausing, <laughs> I could get <laughs> four episodes on a three-hour tape instead of three. And that yeah. was the reason why. And I would have like a season of Deep Space Nine, uh, B5. Of course, I had like five seasons, no, three seasons of B5 on there. Uh, and then I actually managed to grow up and get a Yeah, look. you actually made, um... <laughs> not before, you had made your own specialized covers. You you made uh, like like covers for your videotapes as if you had bought them from a shop. But of course you hadn't. I can't remember that. Yeah, you did a little Babylon 5 thing. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, <laughs> you definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. I All right. Much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the film. Let's talk about the film. So, sure. you think good? Good was your your response. I think that's a good descriptor. Uh, it's um, it's a decent film. I think I one of the reasons why once I'd finished watching it, I mean, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Once I finished watching it, um, I sat there and I was like, yeah. I can see why Chris not only likes it, I can see why Chris wanted me to watch it with him. Because mm-hmm. this was the one you, you teased me with. you like, I want to watch one with you. Yeah. This was it, right? Mm-hmm. Of no, course it. it was. Of course it was. I could imagine it. Because we, we live, um, you know, let's not give away addresses here, but we live far away from each other. Uh-huh. Um, so we've never actually been to the movies together. Um, only sporadically, like a couple of Star Trek films over the last six years or something. Like, yeah, nothing yeah, much. yeah. But this is the kind of film I could see it could come out and the wife's like, nah don't want to see that but chris is like yeah come on let's go see it it'll be stupid fun uh-huh. and i would i would enjoy it with you and i'd probably have laughed more and enjoyed it more sitting with you knowing how your reactions would have been um how you would have been laughing uncontrollably at silly things um yep. whereas i was sat here kind of in the spare room watching it and i enjoyed it and i enjoyed it fine but then i was also part of me that said like, ah, that's ridiculous but if i was sat here with you I would have been probably laughing a bit more, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Well, you know, this is, um, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you brought that up because this, this is one of my sort of, uh, one of my theories about, um, comedy. Um, and it's, it's, it's probably a real thing, you know, real scholars probably discuss this. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's very difficult, I think, to enjoy a comedy film by yourself, um, you know, laughing alone feels weird. It takes a lot, you know? It, it, it takes something that would really take you by surprise, I think, for you to have, like, a full-on belly laugh sitting in a room by yourself watching a movie. Um, to the point where, if I can, you know, think of some of my favourite comedy movies, I'd actually almost be not frightened to watch them alone, but I just, I wouldn't even think about doing it. You know, something like Anchorman or, you know, Wedding Crashers, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, you know, films like that, like, I, I just don't think I could enjoy them alone half as much as I do in a, a, a at least a small group of like-minded friends. Um, you know, it's a very social thing, uh, watching a comedy film, which is one of the many reasons I wanted to watch this one with you. Right. Um, and I certainly think, yeah, you probably would have laughed a bit more and enjoyed it a bit more. Um, uh, but you, you, you enjoyed it nonetheless, watching it by yourself in a room alone, you still found it funny. So there's definitely, I agree with you, Chris, there's definitely times in the past where I've tried to watch films or maybe show certain films to someone else and they're maybe clearly not enjoying it um, or they're not enjoying it as much as you. And that almost takes you out of the experience, right? Because you're like, this is hilarious. Why are they not laughing? Oh my God, yeah. I can't believe it. And I remember 
on like sleepovers as a kid or even just you, you mentioned wedding crashers the first time i watched that with uh, my wife um the wife didn't really titter much oh, to no. the point where then it kind of impacted my like enjoyment of it because i knew oh, the yeah. bits where yeah. you would be giggling and laughing and i was like oh she's not she's not into this at all is she oh okay and you can just get on with it uh so i kind of agree with you there certainly i can imagine watching this with you would have been a bit of a riot uh because there would have been silly things going on you would have laughed and that would have made me laugh more than just the the original jokes itself but it's a it's a fun film um it doesn't hold itself too seriously and pretty much right up off the bat it states um this is a pretty unoriginal piece of work uh hollywood has run out of (laughs) ideas and they're just going to recycle them and that's exactly what it is yeah although i gotta say i i i love it it's um similar to the Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, um, Starsky and Hutch, they did. Like, it is essentially just a comedy film uh, in which they have copy-pasted those names of, of characters and locations onto. You know, I, I'm sure it bears little to no similarity to the show 21 Jump Street in terms of, you know... The tone. The, the, the tone, the themes, you know, the way things are done. It's It's a very silly comedy film with some fun action thrown in uh, for good measure. And, uh, you know, the reason I like it, the reason I, you know, um, thought particularly that I, I wanted you to watch it is because it's part of a kind of sort of quite, uh, what is I suppose now the trend really in, in comedy films, which is that sort of semi-structured, semi-improvisational kind of style of comedy. Like, you yep. know, the, the, the plot's there, the scenes are there. But a lot of uh, a lot of what actually comes out of the actors' mouths is is you know a, a little bit improv, a little bit spontaneous, and for some reason that just makes it funnier to me. It, it, it has an energy to it that a scene that's been rehearsed a million times doesn't have. And uh, you know, going right back to films like Wayne's World, um, and you know, back in the the early era where you know you've got like former or current even SNL cast, you know trained improvisers uh, you know doing those kind of films that's that's my favorite thing that's what yeah. i love and that's that's why i really wanted to share this with you because i was like it's perfect it's just like all those other films we love um and yeah you know it's like you say it's very self-referential it kind of breaks the fourth wall a bit um but you know just to poke fun at itself um and it's a great bit of fun let me ask you this oh go ahead there's a lot of actors that do cameos in the film yeah um what was your favorite who did you enjoy seeing the most? <laughs> okay, this is a deep cut. Okay. Peter DeLuise. Peter DeLuise. <laughs> is that so the for brother those of, you... of Dom DeLuise? No, it's the son of Dom DeLuise, and it's the brother of another DeLuise, Michael, I think. Um, and there's a special reason why he's my favourite, <laughs> and you'll never guess why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I can. What was he in, like... Was he in Babylon Five or something? No, 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 no. no. So, um, so obviously, uh, so for those of you who are watching, uh, watching, we're not on, we're not on YouTube. For those of you listening, um, Peter DeLuise was one of the cast members of Twenty One Jump Street, along with uh, Johnny Depp, and they they appear in the film. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And uh, and Peter DeLuise, um, he's not a famous actor in any stretch of the imagination. Certainly not like Johnny Depp. However. He was in both, uh, I believe he was uh, the, the DeLuise brother who was in Friends who tipped up the couch on uh, Ross and Chandler and basically bullied them. Oh, and he was the, he was, he was one of the bullies. He was one of the bullies. And, okay. but he was also in a little known TV show, well, not little known, 
not for us, Chris, because you've got a brain the size of uh, a planet. Um, it's Sequest mm-hmm. uh, DSV he was in. Good God, was he? Deep cut. And Sequest uh, <laughs> DSV. For, so again, for those of you listening who might be wondering, that, well, who are these two? What, what the hell is that? It was like Star Trek, but underwater. And it lasted two yeah. years. And it had like the, the whole it? thing. Like I had a captain. I had a kid who was too smart. I had a dolphin who talked. I <laughs> had <laughs> <And> Peter DeLuise. <laughs> oh my God. And Peter DeLuise. <laughs> Peter DeLuise was, um, he was like some like, ge- genetically engineered character called Dagwood. Um, oh God. So anyway, that's, that's why he was my favorite. Because I sat there and I was like, no way. Sequest DS3. I remember watching that on a Saturday night on ITV. We were still in Scotland, six o'clock or something, and it starred Roy Schneider. And yeah, Stephanie Roy Schneider, Beecham. I remember. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Wow, that is the deepest, deepest of cuts. Um, what was your favorite cameo then? It's it's a tough choice because I just I mean I get just a giddy thrill every time I you know every time another actor comes on screen. Um, I love it because there's a lot there. It, you you forget when you're watching it, but there's a weight of um, you know um, fun people from that kind of set i suppose uh, of actors um probably my favorite was uh rob riggle right um, yeah but just because he's he's like the same guy in every film pretty much yeah. um <laughs> he, yeah he's rob riggle he's he's the exact yeah. same whether it's um whether it's uh on the daily show whether he's doing um what was the film with um Step Brothers. He was in Step Brothers. Yeah, Step Brothers. Yeah, and a whole bunch of things. He kind of plays the over animated, bit angry. He was in Hangover as well. Um, yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was good. I actually um, thinking about this kind of cadre of actors who appear in these kind of films because uh, it was Nick Offerman. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. Ellie Kemper, who played the um, very funny teacher, um, who was attracted to Jenko, and then uh, but my, <laughs> I think my, I think my favorite of that lot, Chris, was Chris Parnell from from Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who played the uh, drama teacher? He's like, ah, I should probably step in here. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> he's one of our favourites from uh, Lonely Island as well, Chris, and um, uh, all sorts of shows. Uh, yes, Thirty Rock. Um, of course, yeah, yeah. he was Doctor Dr. Leo Spichemin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Rob Riggle has to be my favourite. He's just so he's so big, and in that scene where they're both tripping balls. And he's like, <laughs> he's like making them poke out their tongues and stuff. And he's like, oh, stop doing that face. It's weird. Like, I, I love it. I love his, I love his whole shtick. Um, yeah. But of course he loves Channing Tatum doing the same things because he's handsome. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's like, ah, you look okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, he's, he's very funny in the film. Yeah. I, I, I got a kick out of the fact as well that it's like, it is looking at like the, the the American high school, but you know, obviously everything's everything's flipped. You know, jocks aren't the cool kids anymore. Yeah. It's the it's the hipsters and the emo kids who talk about their feelings and stuff that are actually you know ruling the school, which is uh, you know quite nice. I don't know how true to life it is, but you know, I imagine uh, you know it's it's probably a more modern take on what actually happens in American schools right now, whereas a lot of what you see in tv and film is still very much mired in the you know the ancient ways of the jocks and the cheerleaders rule this school so you knew from the first moment when channing tatum was was walking out to school for the first time and he's talking about ah well look if you want to be cool you stick with me and these are the three things you need to know and it was obviously going to be flipped right it had to be flipped for the film so our two characters can um 
experience high school differently. It's the whole point of the film, guys. It's not really hard. It's not. <laughs> it's a theme. It's a theme. Uh, there's not. We need a drop for spotting a theme. Exactly. And it, it, to be fair, you know, you're not going to talk about this podcast about uh, big uh, movie themes or directorial choices necessarily. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's you know, the the fun comes from obviously the kind of Fisher at War experience. So they they forget their identities because they're terrible cops. So they have to yeah. flip their identities. So the jock becomes the nerd. The nerd becomes the jock, and they they get a new appreciation of each other and school and and hijinks and sue. Yes, <laughs> that's very very succinctly put. Okay, um, and that actually brings me, uh, you know, speaking about that that first scene with going, that brings me to another shared memory uh, and another thing. Very specifically, I think why I wanted to watch this with you uh, was to have a bit of a jacuzzi moment uh so when uh when they're gearing up to go into school and and janko's like what you know you you know you've got to one strap it you know you can't wear your bag with two straps um that is almost literally uh what you said to me what you did to me uh on one of my first days uh at senior school when when lane for, for lane. that very brief period we were both at school together you were just like nope take that second strap off right now you you look like a you know i don't know probably a geek or a nerd, or some some sort of similar derogatory term, and that is what our mother uh, blames the scoliosis of my spine on. <laughs> I was going to say, Chris, how's your back? How's your back, son? <laughs> back is fucked because of you and your stupid, trendy way of wearing your bag. Be- no, hang on, hang on. The reason is not because of the quote-unquote trendy way wearing the bag. It's because of the amount of shit you put in your bag every day. Like, mum was pulling out, like, last week's lunch. Oh, that was gross. Books for classes you weren't even going to. Like, you did- you never used your locker and you never took your books out your bag. So you just had, you know, a whole week's worth of lessons in your bag and then wondered why you ended up with a bag. If bag. I had been distributing the weight more evenly... I it might have been a a neck issue or a shoulder issue at least you know it's it's just thinking about it's thinking about your brother's health you know I was well, a slight, I, do know. I had a slight frame okay you did yeah, was, you did you were a un- thin boy <laughs> that was uncool um, <laughs> but yeah that um that that really that really hit me um that that moment as well uh, what about Ice Cube do you like Ice Cube hey who doesn't love ice cube no I, I, hey ice cube's good um he he plays i think he he brings it up like the first time you meet him doesn't he? he's like he plays the angry black uh police captain yeah um yes it's a stereotype yes i'm angry yes i'm black and he, <laughs> he just plays it off but he he has one of the best most memorable lines in the whole film chris which is about korean jesus yeah <laughs> uh which is fantastic and i did that was one that I, I i do wish i'd watched it with you because i probably would have spent about two minutes crying because yeah because of the lane was so unexpected and you would have laughed and i would have laughed um as it was it was very good he was very good for the for the moments he was in but let me um flip it on to you chris um okay from the two so you you're talking before about um uh, these films with kind of uh, partial um improvisation and i'm not sure uh, if this is actually one that is you, you can tell me maybe but um certainly the two leads are not from that set you know uh, channing tatum and jonah hill are just just they're, they're actors uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily comedic actors jonah hill more than the other uh-huh. more than channing tatum certainly channing tatum was very much seen as a kind of serious actor i think before this or at least a if not serious actor then someone who stayed away from comedies maybe mm-hmm. 
Um, but which of the two did you find funnier? Which of the two did you uh, like the most? Because I've got an answer for that. Oh, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, because, I mean, I'd say, obviously, Jonah Hill, I mean, you know, he was in films like uh, Superbad and 40-Year-Old yep. Virgin, where it was very much that sort of improvisational kind of style. Um, so, you know, I think he's kind of got more of that background. Um, obviously, he's he's very, very popular these days, but, you know, he, he's a big... He's got the comedy. Uh, he's got the comedy chops. Um, so I love him. Uh, I have a bit of a weakness for Jonah Hill, the way I do for, say, a Christopher Walken or a Jeff Goldblum, where pretty much everything that comes out of their mouth uh, is is gold to me. Right. Um, so it's quite hard to see past that. Um, that being said, I always have a special thing for when somebody who you don't expect to be in that kind of film really fits into it quite well. Yep. Um, you know, like I always felt, um, you recall the film Role Models. Yeah. Uh, they had Sean William Scott, who you know obviously was very, very briefly, you know, <laughs> a uh, a beloved comedy actor in the nineties. Yeah. Um, and then kind of his big, over the top style very much, uh, you know, went out of fashion, and so did he for a while. Um, so, you know, I was always nervous for him in in that film. You know, if he could sort of, I suppose, compete. Uh, you know, with with um some of the best people in the business and and he did and it was great and it was all the better for the fact that i kind of didn't necessarily expect it to be that good right uh you know similarly here channing tatum i he he, i I think he knocks it out of the park yeah i think he's actually uh, he's got very very good comedic timing um you know obviously it's an easy character to play like the big dumb jock um but you know he 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 plays it in a way where it's quite easy to empathize with him and uh yeah i think i think he's very enjoyable in it as well but i think my the crown probably still has to go to jonah hill oh for me for me channing tatum is is the delight of this film because one because i didn't expect it like you said yeah didn't expect him to be so funny but i think he just had all the best lines as well so whereas um both of them made me me laugh sometimes um jonah hill's lines would might have been a bit uh bit more subtle or maybe just a bit more throwaway whereas i think all of the kind of almost all the major kind of quotable lines from the two of them are charing tatums um you know whether it's uh whether it's about glee whether it's about science whether it's uh whether it's the password to get into the nerd class um (laughs) (laughs) whether it's his opinions about doves you know um not to mention of course like maths and everything it's uh it was it was really him that, that that stole the show for me and i've actually just written here like Channing Tatum is the funniest dot. That's <laughs> that's my yep. takeaway on the two of them. Not that uh, Jonah Hill is bad in any way, but I was so surprised that Channing Tatum was that funny. Um, certainly, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I need to pay attention to this guy's career a bit more rather than thinking he's Magic Mike. Yeah, definitely love Channing Tatum in this film. Um, he, is, he is a delight. He is a treasure. And I think to sort of... To make up for the fact that you ha- that, that you had to suffer through watching this film without me uh the next time we get together we can watch 22 jump street and then it'll almost be like the same experience almost if it's as good or better or or whatever i guess right a lot of people say i know that's we're not talking about that film so i won't spend long on it but it is a lot of people actually say that 22 is is the sort of superior film and that very rare beast of a a sequel uh, that is actually better than the original um i'm not sure entirely if i agree but it's it's certainly about as good um and 
yeah i'd well i tell you what we'll, we'll watch it and you can tell me what you think sure uh i'll pinch you in for christmas 2017 how about that <laughs> <laughs> i may be busy but, oh okay uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out we'll, we'll figure it out we'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Steve, are there any other points you want to make about this uh, about this film or anything you sort of picked up that stood out to you from the viewing? Well, one thing I was surprised about, Chris, actually, until I read up on it, because as I said, the the so when the film came came out or when it was advertised, I probably, like a lot of people, not you, saw that it was a remake of an old 80s show and rolled my eyes. And we've, we've done this before in the podcast when we talked about Donnie Darko, for example, you know. Hollywood is full of uh, remakes and reimaginings and uh, franchises at the moment and it kind of gets you down sometimes especially when you see something so stupid on screen and certainly when i saw the trailer for this i probably had that exact same reaction like oh what really failed 80s tv show right uh-huh. um so i was certainly surprised that i enjoyed it so much but uh what was even more surprising actually was finding out uh, who the directors were of this uh film chris it was actually joint directors it was um is it Chris Lord and uh, what's his name? Phil Lord and Christopher Miller directed the film, and they also did the Lego Movie, which was another film which I think you could use the term better than it should be. Like, yes. your expectations—that yes, is the perfect term. Your expectations of Twenty One Jump Street is, oh my god, why did they make this? And then you're like, oh, that was pretty good actually, and they they, they wore it on their sleeve, right? They they just said, well, you know what, it's unoriginal, but we're gonna we're gonna do it our way, and they kind of. Instead of uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, instead of having the same characters or different, they just basically say, "Oh, it's uh, it's exactly it's it's uh, it's very meta, isn't it? It's it's uh, yeah. it's uh, restarting of a police program from the eighties because no one's got any any originality Fresh anymore, ideas. and it's exactly the same as the film. But with Jonah Hill and Michael Bacall, who are the writers, you know, make it work, uh, and the director certainly helped there as well. And just like the Lego film, which is another one I went into thinking this can't be good can it this is just a big advert for lego uh it, it's just a kid's film right? it's just a kid's film it's just going to be about selling them lego which it does <sighs> but it's very good um lego movie is very good lego batman's very good probably better than they should be and, and as is this and i think that's testament to to the directors who they at times just go balls balls out don't they they um when they the two of them start tripping um, and it's repeated a couple of times in the film and they go uh-huh. through their stages and they have like the big animations come up on screen and uh, they really play around yeah. with that and have a lot of fun with that and um, they also do action surprisingly well actually at times uh, but again mainly for jokes you know why didn't that blow up as the, the common refrain as they're going through their chases yeah. until finally something explodes <laughs> and they, they love it um, so I was really surprised by that but it was really good yeah I enjoyed it Chris you know it was uh it's a good light one rather than sitting here talking about uh, character beats or uh, <laughs> God. Yeah, what does this mean about God or whatever? Um, it's, it's it's good to have a kind of a more lighthearted film just to start and say, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a palate um, cleanser. Uh, we also have to talk about the fact that Rob Riggle picked up his own dick with his mouth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just I, th- I thought that's what you were going to say. Like, oh, I love Rob Riggle. Picked up his dick with his mouth. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's everything, everything he did. I just thought was, I just thought was, balls to the wall, hilarious. But yes, particularly, particularly having his dick shot off, <laughs> and then yeah, picking it up in his own mouth was uh, a particularly special moment. I think. Uh, what did you <laughs> when the um, when they had the reveal of Johnny Depp and uh, Mister Deloise sort of pulling off their makeup and stuff? Uh, you know, obviously it's. Uh, I actually didn't realize the first time I watched it, I didn't realize 
um, that they were the the characters from the original show. And so I just thought, how fucking random is that? Johnny Depp turns up in this film <laughs> for like right? two seconds. What the fuck? Um, but uh, did did you see that coming? Could you tell that they were in the makeup? Or I was or kind of, sp- sort of well, I didn't I didn't see they were in the makeup. I just I was kind of spoiled by the fact that I knew that there was there was cameos. Yeah, and uh, Johnny Depp I think was was one of them. So it was it was a bit the, the impact was a bit lost for me. Um, so I I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, but uh, you know it was it was fun. As I said, it was <laughs> I mean, it was a kick to see obviously Johnny Depp on screen. Um, and I, I don't even think Johnny Depp actually particularly liked being on that show. It was like his first big break before he became a movie star. Yeah, was that uh, before or after he was in Nightmare on Elm Street? Do you know? Oh, top of your head. Gosh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street probably before, but I don't think he was a leading man until after Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. Until he started doing his own films of, of various uh, repute. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a big kick to see those guys in the film. I didn't expect them. I actually probably got a bigger kick out of seeing Ellie Kemper, Rob Riggle, yeah. uh, Nick Offerman. Although Nick Offerman's in it so briefly that it's a shame because I kind of wanted to go back to him. But obviously, Ice Cube is the is the captain for the the undercover team. Uh, yeah. But Ellie Kemper, uh, special mention for Ellie Kemper. How about that? Because yeah. I'm a big fan of um, a big fan of Kimmy Schmidt and also The Office, yeah. but she's in, she's in both, and uh, she was fantastic as the the, t- <laughs> the teacher trying to restrain herself from jumping on Channing Tatum. Yeah. So the credits <laughs> when, when you see that yeah, she actually did. Uh, you know, she is uh, so funny uh, that uh, and she plays it well. If you're talking about Rob Riggle doing the same thing every time. Probably Ellie Kemper does the same every time as well. But yeah, very similar, very similar kind of roles as well, I suppose. Um, but yeah, she's she's very lovable, um, and and uh, yeah, you know, I'm a massive fan as well of Kimmy Schmidt and. Uh... And I didn't know Brie Larson um, at all, like before this film. Like I had heard the name, but I haven't seen really much of her films. And that she's going to be Captain mm. Marvel, so she's going to enter into uh, that lexicon soon enough as well. Into the uh, the wonderful DC universe. No, Captain Marvel, Chris. Isn't Captain Marvel a DC character? No. Are you sure? Yes. Because wasn't that like a big thing? No. Mm. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've like got the note in my notebook here. It's like, oh fuck, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel is also going to be in Infinity War. I guess so. I don't know. Well, there was all right. <laughs> well, we need. Hang on, we need to figure this out because there was Jean Grey was like Miss Marvel. It's not going to be her. And there was like, uh, there was a DC guy who said Shazam. And that was like Captain Marvel. I'm sure. Oh, gosh. No, no, no. There was a character called Shazam. No, no. We're not going to discuss this now. We'll discuss this later, but you're wrong. (laughs) I'm not your child. (laughs) We'll discuss this later. Okay. I'm not going to talk to you about the DC and Marvel universe over dinner. This is not for here, but this, this is bullshit. <laughs> and uh, we'll 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 look this up afterwards, uh, and we'll put it as like a little addendum on the end: who was right and who was wrong. I mean, I'm presuming I'll, I'll take your point. If it's a Marvel studio movie, there's a Marvel character. That's fair enough. No argument here. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, uh, one thing I feel I should very briefly discuss with you, and then um, we should probably get on to talking about what we're going to be doing next week um sure but when all the sony emails leaked 
Are you familiar with the email relating to this series? That was Actually, leaked? I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Tell me. Jonah Hill uh, had a series of emails uh, with um, with some uh, other, I guess, movie execs uh, looking at the prospect of a crossover between 21 Jump Street and Men in Black. And the last I heard, it might actually happen. Wow. Uh, no thank you, Jonah. No, I'm no, so, like, I, I read the emails, and of course Jonah Hill's just like, oh my god, that would be amazing. I'd love to work with Will Smith. Wow, no, that would be fantastic. That could be so funny. Um, and I just, I can't get on board with it at all. Like, the films are so kind of incongruent, not just in terms of plot, but in terms of, you know, sort of their, their, their feel, you know? Just call it what it is. It's just shit. It's just an awful idea, and I hope it never gets made. Because you spend half the film going, oh my god, it's Men in Black and 21 Jump Street in the same film, and there's Channing Tatum, and there's Bill Smith, and there's the other guy. Yeah. No. I, no. Well, Tommy Lee Jones? No. Oh, yeah, I, guess, the, I guess he never actually... He, he doesn't really want to keep doing those, does he? He always shies away from them now. No, and uh, you know what? I don't even... I didn't even see uh, Men in Black 3. I think I saw two and I thought, I'm, I'm done. And then there's a third one and it involved time travel. And I'm, no, I'm yeah, not, not I mean, the, have that. You know what? Those first... Both of those first films, actually, solid. Very solid. And they still stand up. Um, the, I mean, no disrespect to either franchise. I would have no problem if they want to do a Men in Black 4. I certainly got no problem if they want to do a 23 Jump Street. Um, but what I do have a problem with is just mixing those two together. It was very obviously and transparently, you know, a let's 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 take one popular film franchise and use it to try and pump some life into another pretty much dead film franchise. I'll say this. So Hollywood execs get a bad press and usually for good And reason, they should. Let's they, just leave it at that. And they, because they green light garbage. And they, you know, and they, they, they stomp on sometimes on, on good ideas and throw other movies out. If there's a Hollywood exec at Sony who stopped that film, there should be a fucking parade for him, Chris, because I'm so glad it's not going to get made. Well, let's, let's not count our chickens because it actually might. Like, the last I heard, there was some serious talks. Well, so I, let's just I pray. When I was reading about this, I did read about the, there's a potential for a 23 Jump Street involving the... Uh, two female undercover cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which could happen. That could work. That could work. I mean, uh, I'm on board for anything really, um, but just not that. Just not a stupid. Just, crossover. just not Men in Black. Just not forcing two franchises together in a weird way. Like I don't know, Alien versus Predator. It, but you see, it's not even like that. It would be like Alien versus Home Alone. Like it's just. They're, they're just not mixable things, you know? Men in Black's very PG. The jokes, the jokes are a little bit tongue-in-cheek, you know, maybe a little bit wink-wink, nudge-nudge, you know, whereas 21 Jump Street is very explicit. It has a little bit of nudity, and it has a lot of violence, and it has an excessive amount of swearing. And a freaky three-way. A freaky three-way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, that's a freaky three. And, I mean, basically, Jonah Hill, like... I mean, he's he's dating somebody who is far too young, as well. Like, <laughs> not not the you actor, judging the character. The Judgeson? <laughs> not the character. He's dating. He he's 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 a cop, so he must be at least in his twenties. Um, I know Jonah Hill isn't in a fucking twenties. I'll tell you that. But the he, his character is dating a high school girl, 
um, I know by that. the end yeah, of the film. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's kind of oddly glossed over. I mean, it's obviously kind of a joke, but I mean, it, she's a bit young for him. No, I think you're right, Chris. I think Men in Black and uh, 21 Jump Street were a bit, a bit incongruent to each other to, to successfully be, without either bringing one down to PG or, or taking the other one up to like a, I guess this was probably about a 15 or a 12 or something. Uh, yeah. Probably something, worth it. Something needs to be diluted so that they can go together. That's and I don't want I don't want this downloaded. I want more of Channing Tatum trying to finger Jonah Hill's mouth <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> uh, and I just don't think you'd get that with Will Smith. I think Will Smith would be like, Pass. Nah, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming out the script. Yeah, it's coming out the script right now. Yeah, and I'm singing the theme song. I'm of back. course, Wiki Wild Wild West. <sighs> we have to do that. <laughs> i do not no you know what there's a, there's a podcast called how did this get made and they've done it and they've done it well we can they've never come close we can That's never true. come close it doesn't stand up we'll just leave it there <laughs> yeah uh, i don't even own that that is a that is a that is a damning indictment of a film if i don't if i don't think it's worth owning because i own some shit you sure do i sure do okay steve keep me in suspense no longer what am I doing this week? Well, this is not really a big surprise, Chris, because we did talk recently about some films where, um, as you said, you <laughs> own a lot yeah. and maybe that um, you haven't got around to watching. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, instead of taking the high road and making you watch like a, an arty film or something black and white or something like that, which I will, obviously, um, let's let's get one out of the way. Let's go for the Zack Snyder Watchmen attempt. Ooh, okay. Because I've I've read have you read the comic books I have oh several times yeah right okay so you know what you're expecting okay good okay yeah. it'll be interesting to you <laughs> it'll be interesting to see you take uh, what you th- your take on Zack Snyder's attempt is um, <sighs> I'm nervous yeah. and and we should probably agree ground rules in terms of director's cut or regular yes edition. please because uh, I I went to a lot of effort to get the director's cut but it doesn't mean I have to watch it. Well, I've never watched the director's cut, so this this will actually be partly new for me. Although it's been a long time since I watched it, um, I did watch it like at the midnight screening the first time, and then I don't think I've watched it since. So yeah, I think, I mean, I went through a lot of effort to get the director's cut, but I didn't really know Zack Schneider that well then, you know. Um, and now that I'm thinking that it's his director's cut, I'm not sure it's going to make the film any better or worse, but. Uh... We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about that, actually, because I love the comic. Um, I don't love Alan Moore's attitude, but we'll probably talk about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of, I, well, let, let's let's leave that for the next podcast. We, we can talk yeah. a lot about Alan Moore just on the next podcast. Um, and yeah, and I, you know, I've got a pretty, I've got a pretty high tolerance for, uh, for, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited actually. I'm pretty excited to watch that. Well, yep, you've got two weeks to do it. Okay, excellent. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so uh, let's uh, let's let's plug some social media and then and then get on our way. So you can follow us on Twitter at OBrotherPod. You can like us and uh, interact with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash OBrotherPodcast. And finally, you can uh, subscribe to us and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. 
So, uh, I think that's all for this week. I've been Chris. He's been Steve. And we'll see you next time. 